everyone, and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast. With me today, I have a bit of a celebrity, a friend, and a contributor of ForeverBlueShirts.com. You guys know him on Twitter as Statboy Steven. Please welcome to the show, Stephen Fogel. How are you, buddy? Uh, thanks, man. Uh, I'm good. Um, I, I still have to get used to the fact that people consider me sort of a celebrity. It's, uh, it's weird, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting year with the travel ban and uh, hockey. I had a hiatus for a couple of months. Uh, so yeah, I got to do some other things. I got to watch some rugby, which is my second favorite sport. Um, and yeah, focus on some other things. So yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting year. Not, not the way I had my year planned out, but yeah, that's what it is. Hockey started up now in Europe. So getting back to normal. Yes. And that's why you are on my friend. We want to talk about the European Ranger prospects, guys overseas, uh, playing in the KHL, the SHL and other leagues, uh, you're the perfect guest, being that you are located in Vienna. Uh, you get to follow them a lot closer. You actually travels, travel to, to watch them play. So, you know, I think that's how you've grown your celebrity. I think everyone started to, I mean, you became famous when you were on MSG, you know, following <laughs> Lias Anderson, or I should say Leah Anderson, because this is an episode where everyone should enjoy. I'm going to be properly corrected on saying European players' names by the master of European player names. <laughs> so, Stephen, it is, it's, it's Lias Anderson, correct? It's actually Lias Anderson. Lias Anderson. See, I, I, Lias Anderson. I, I haven't gotten my, my good Nor- Norse Viking down yet, whatever is the Swedish. So, I, I'll work on it. Uh, you'll probably never hear me say it right again, but there you heard it, folks. One more time for the folks at home. Say that name again so everyone knows how they should be saying it. Elias Anderson. Anderson. See, okay, good. Anyway, so uh, yeah, t- talk about that experience just really quick. Uh, I know, listen, you've, you wrote a feature about it on foreverblueshirts.com. We should post that back out at some point, but it's got to be pretty cool that here you are, you know, you're pretty well known in Europe and with the, the local teams, but all of a sudden you're, you're tracking a Rangers player and you're on MSG. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty unreal, and I uh, I was I was in Calgary uh, to watch the Rangers play the Flames, and uh, this was at the time was the, the my my third trip to the U.S. for the year. I was in in New York in February for the '94 uh, celebration game where they played the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to Calgary. I have a friend who lives in Calgary, and he has season tickets, so he got me a free ticket to the game. Um, and then when I got to the Salvador, which, by the way, is, is one of the older stadiums in the league, uh, if you have a chance to go before they tear it down in a couple of years, you have to go. It's, it's such a unique stadium, the way it's built. And yeah, so that's my, my quick uh, recommendation if people want to go to Calgary. Um, but yeah, I got to the game um, and I do what I always do. Uh, went to the, the glass for warmups had a little banner with me that I started a year earlier and I start to expand the locations where I've seen him play. And uh, all of a sudden he came uh, skating up to me and I was like, he, he threw me a warm-up puck once or twice. And, and the warm-up pucks really, 
don't really mean that much to me. I usually give them to kids that are standing next to me. But the one thing I was I was really looking forward to is see if I could get a picture with him. So I make like the motion of can I take a picture? And yeah, he posed for a picture and it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I posted it on Twitter. And after the warm-ups, we go up, we go upstairs, we grab a beer, we we walk to our seats, and the game starts. And yeah, the Flames were better than the Rangers. First period, we were down. I think Neil Pionk scored for the Rangers. And halfway through the first period, I get all these notifications. Like I get private messages on Facebook, I get DMs on Twitter. I had like 30 mentions on Twitter. Uh, a, a, a hockey forum that I where I post regularly, uh, HF boards. I had so many mentions. I was like, "What's going on?" And um, um, my current girlfriend, who I wasn't with at the time, but we were talking, she started calling me and she recorded it from the TV. So I saw the video, like sitting at my, you know, in the stadium. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Um, so I, I I replayed it like five six times and. It was just such a great experience to not only be on the on the MSG broadcast, but to hear Sam Rosen mention me by name. Mm-hmm. That was just unreal. And um, I tweeted about it later. And, and one of the things I said, which I still feel the way uh, this way, is as a Rangers fan living in Europe, there's sort of this disconnect between you and the team. You support the team from a, from from so far away that you you never really feel that connection that you have with a local team, like a local soccer team, for instance. But that that night in Calgary, that all changed. I felt like I was actually part of the Rangers fan base because out of the blue, everyone knew my name. I got like 1,500 new followers in one weekend. Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. And um, yeah, it was just the start of a of a crazy year. Um, of course, the month after we won the draft lottery, where we got the second overall pick, mm-hmm. uh, I got to see Capo Caco in uh, in several games here in Europe uh, throughout the season. And after we won the lottery, I saw him twice more and had him sign some pucks for a giveaway on Twitter, you know, just to share with the fans. And it was just a lot of fun. And and when it really hit me was at the draft in Vancouver um, after day one. Uh, we were standing outside, and uh, there was this path from uh, Rogers Arena to the parking lot where they, uh, where the scouts and the GMs, etc., would get on a bus to their hotel. And there were fans from from all different teams, and we were standing there because my friends wanted to see John Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the person I really wanted to meet was Nick Bobrov, who is the head of European scouting for the Rangers. So uh, David Quinn walks out, John Davidson walks out, and then Jeff Gordon, and all of a sudden I see Nick Bobrov. So I'm like, "Hey, you know, Mr. Bobrov, can I get a picture with you?" And he walks up to me and he goes, uh, "Yeah, sure." And I start telling him, you know, I live in Europe. I'm a huge fan, and I'm really, I'm, I'm a big fan of your work with what you've done scouting players in Europe. And he looks at me and he's like, "Yeah, Stephen, we know who you are." <laughs> and my friends, my friends were like. What did he just say? <laughs> it was such a, it was so unreal, but it was it was a great experience. And then in September, I was in New York for the preseason games, and I had like I had people just stop me to get a picture. Like, hey, I've been following you on Twitter, gonna get a picture. And yeah, it's been it's been crazy. So it sort of hit me now that people recognize me. Uh, but before before that, it, it was just I. I 
I kept telling people, you know, I'm just a fan. But now I have people reach out to me asking me how Kraftsoft's doing, how uh, Niels Lundqvist is doing. Well, that's and, what we're uh, going to talk about. So we're yeah, gonna, and, and we're going to take a quick break. Right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. commercial. And we're going to come back, and that's it. We're going to start. We're going to start with the red hot, and I mean red hot, Vitaly Kraftsoff. And you can correct my pronunciation of his name when we get right back. All right. All right, and we're back. So, as I alluded to before, Vitaly Kraftsoff. First off, did I say his name correctly? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it was closer than, uh, than your, your previous attempt. So, uh, Vitaly Kraftsoff is, is pretty close. So, Vitaly Kraftsoff. Okay. I said it with a little bit of a Russian accent. I, I, I have two Russian films. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, if, if he dies, he dies. You know, that, that type of accent. Right away. <laughs> you, that's such a European bias stereotype. Yeah, right. So, all you people know it was Rocky Four. Hey, listen. K-19 <laughs> was a great movie. All right. I do, don't forget The Hunt for Red October, even though not a single person really had a Russian accent in that movie. <laughs> but anyway, besides the point. Kratzoff has scored again today. Yes. He is uh, a goal-scoring machine right now. And I know you're watching the game probably. So what are you seeing in Kratzoff so far? What's different? Give, a fan, give the fans a little scoop on him. Um, he, he oozes confidence. Um, when he started the first two games, he was a little bit quiet and hesitant. And, you know, he was cautious with – you know, making the right plays, which is normal because he joined the team after preseason. Uh, he joined the, the Rangers, loaned him out to Tractor, I think a few days before the season started. So the first two games made sense that he was a little bit cautious. But now he's comfortable. He was moved up to the top line. He's playing on the left wing now, uh, which I'll go into in a couple of minutes. I think fans overest overestimate the importance of playing left wing or right wing. For Kravtsov, it doesn't matter. Um, he's such a dynamic player. And this is something you see from, from younger players like uh, Capo Kako and Alexi Lafreniere as well. They, when they play left wing or right wing, they don't just stick to that one wing. They are such dynamic players that in, in uh, breakouts or defensively, they can cover either side. So it doesn't really matter where they line up. And the only thing that really impacts is where they line up for the faceoff. But Kravtsov, the last couple of the uh, last couple of games, he has a he's on a four game goal scoring streak. I think mm -hmm. he has six six goals and one assist in seven games. So he's a point per game player for Traktor. Uh, they've only scored seventeen goals, so he's been involved in forty one percent of his team's goals, which is a higher percentage than Tarasenko, Panarin, and Kaprizov in their uh, third season after the draft. So, yeah, he's been off to a flying start, and, and it's not just the points he puts up. It's just the, the overall confidence. He draws penalties. Uh, he, he's really strong on the back check. He carries the puck into the zone. Just the way he moves uh, all around the ice, it's so different from last year. And um, I think maybe being part of the Rangers' uh, extended team for the, um, for the bubble uh, helped him a little bit, gained him some gain, helped him gain some confidence. Um, but yeah, it's it's just fun to see him play again and see him play with such confidence and and just yeah, he he makes it look so easy. Well, the uh, from the few people I spoke I've spoken to, <clears throat> I spoke to a couple of KHL reporters as well. You know, the one thing they do say about him, and you can you know they say he's cocky. 
He's definitely very, very cocky. And I think that borders that, that helps the confidence. First off, I think you need to, if you're going to make it in professional sports, you better believe in yourself. You better have some swagger, which David Quinn loves to, to say, right? And, I, and when I look at Kraftsoff, I think he has a swagger. Now, one question before we move off of Kraftsoff, and we'll start talking, we'll jump over to the SHL. Uh, actually, we'll talk about Igor Rykov. I don't know if you've seen any of his games, uh, but really quick, you're saying he could play left wing, he could play right wing. What about possibility, any thought, and I believe even Craig Button, uh, said something about maybe seeing him at center. Any possibility? Do you see that as something we should consider or that it's not good, it doesn't fit his game? Um, look, it's really hard to, uh, to say yes or no if a certain player can play center before they make it to the NHL. I think it's always easier for a player to make the NHL in their position where they are strongest. Uh, Kuznetsov made the NHL on the wing, later moved to center. Um, Kevin Hayes started on the wing in college, played center in his senior year, and then made the transition to the NHL. Um, with Kravtsov only being 20 years old, uh, there's definitely a possibility he can play center in the future. He, he has the, the mindset for it. His defensive awareness uh, really fits in well with what you expect from a center. Uh, he played center in the World Juniors in Vancouver uh, two years ago. Uh, he was centering a line with Klim Kostin of the St. Louis Blues and uh, Grigory Denisenko from the Florida Panthers. Um, he was really good in that tournament despite uh, suffering from the flu. And later on, um, he had a tricep injury. But he was still one of the best players on that Russian team that I think won the bronze medal. So it's definitely a possibility. I don't think he will make the NHL playing at center, though. Okay. I think he will make the NHL playing on the wing and then maybe a year or two later transitions to the middle if that's what they see in him. So I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think it's it's the position that he will enter the league in, so to speak. Got it. So Rykov. Um, oh, before we continue. Yeah. It's Yegor Rykov. Oh, wait, wait, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> see? Holy cow. Okay. It's not obviously Igor Rykov was my feeble attempt. Okay. It is what his first name is not Igor. That's that's the first that's the first thing. Okay. His first name is Yegor because it's Yegor. Y Y E G O R, and his last name is Rikov. So you pronounce it with an E, not a not an I for the Y. Yeah. Rikov. Yeah. Holy crap! All right. Man, like I said, that's that's probably the last time you hear me say it right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we appreciate it. Everyone should everyone should take write this down somewhere. Uh, but first off, when, when it comes to Rikov, um, I don't think he's going to make the Rangers. They're just they're, they're too many defensemen. Uh, I mean, you just look at what they have now. They already are going to have to figure out how to move people around to accommodate you know, Nils Lundqvist, uh, which I probably said wrong and you can correct me in a minute. Uh, and also Keandre Miller, right. And you're going to have other players and talking about Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson. These are all players that are above him right now. Okay. On the, you know, prospect pool list, but Rykov, Rykov, 
would probably make a nice trade chip if he continues to play well as he has in the KHL. So I think it's important that people understand that he is a prospect, but he's also an asset. Uh, and assets can be moved either to move up or down in the draft or to, to maybe add as a sweetener for a deal. What are your What are your thoughts on his play in the KHL so far? He looks like he's like got some offensive ability for sure, and he's and he's kind of showing it off. Uh, well, let's let me quickly touch on what you said earlier about him being an asset. I think Ranger fans need to understand that even though a player will not make the Rangers, it's still in the Rangers' best interest for that player to do well if they are playing out on loan or if they are playing still in college or whatever. Same with Lias Andersson. If he has a really good season in Sweden, that's in the Rangers' best interest because it will it will affect his trade value if they want to trade him. I know a lot of Ranger fans don't like him for whatever happened. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes, of course, as well. But with Rikov, it's the same thing. He didn't make the Rangers. That's fine. He had a European assignment clause for season two, which is this season. He was traded to CSK Moscow, which is the uh, army team in Moscow. And he's been playing for them, and he's been better than I actually expected. He, he, he doesn't look out of place on one of the best teams in the KHL. And it just shows you that he does have the talent. But his first season in North America... Uh, started with a nasty injury. So he already struggled to to get back to match fitness and then had to catch up with the rest of the team. Uh, it's a lost season, unfortunately, for him. Um, depending on how well he does in, in Russia, I could see him sign an extension. I mean, he's an RFA in the NHL. So the moment his contract with the Rangers ends on June 30th, he's free to sign a long-term deal in the KHL. And playing the way he has and at the start of the season, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, unfortunately, that also affects his trade value. I mean, is a, is a team really going to give up a second-round pick for a player who was signed for three more years in the KHL if he signs a three-year deal? Mm-hmm. Tough to say. Uh, at the end of the day, we got him uh, in a trade for Michael Grabner, who was a rental. We got a second-round pick, Enrico, for Michael Grabner. It's still a win. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay, we're going to shift. We're going to Sweden. We're going from Russia to Sweden. And you can make fun of me in Swedish. So now, uh, the Rangers have a few prospects there. The the three biggest ones for me uh, of interest, uh, obviously the blue chip prospect, uh, Nils Lundqvist, which you can correct in a minute. Uh, The most interesting prospect with regards to, and honestly, like he's no, he's not really a, I guess he's still a prospect, even though he played a couple of seasons with the Rangers in a number of games. Um, Leah Sanderson. Okay. I'm probably got that wrong again. Uh, and Carl Henriksen. So let's start off with Lundqvist and I'll let you correct me first, say it right. So I can not embarrass myself for a second. <laughs> uh, so Nils Lundqvist who has started his, um, I think this is his third full season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or his, yeah, third full season, fourth season in total in the SHL. Um, had an assist in, in their first win. Um, and he is just, I mean, he has done last season everything a Ranger fan could expect from him. He, he not just broke the record for points by a teenage defenseman, he obliterated it. And I know there's a little asterisk there because some defensemen like Rasmus Dahlin, Victor Hetman, 
they don't really play in the SHL after they get drafted because they go straight to the NHL. So Lundqvist was 19 when he broke the record, when Dalin and Hedman were 17 when they set their record numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, it's just he did everything a Ranger fan can hope for. He even got a call up for the national team, which for a teenage defenseman is is a pretty big deal. Um, this is his third full season. Like we said, um, his plan was to sign with the Rangers last year. Um, his expectation was to start in Hartford. So him staying in Sweden is solely because of the pandemic. It's just the, the uncertainty of a hockey season in North America pushed him to sign an extension with the team. Um, and yeah, he's, he's off to a good start. It wasn't his best game, but it was still a pretty good game for him. Uh, first game of the season. Picked uh, up an assist. He picked up an assist, exactly. Uh, he was the second uh, He was second on his team in time on ice. Uh, and he just contributes everywhere. Um, he's such a, such a dynamic and such a polished player already. Uh, the way he skates the puck out of the zone. Uh, and I think people talk about his offense. I think his offense is his least impressive asset. Really? Yes. I think his, his, his defensive game, his gap control, his lateral movement make him such a, uh, such a strong player in the SHL, which we have to agree is either the third or fourth strongest league in the world, depending on where you see the AHL. Um, it's a top four league in the world, and he as a teenage defenseman was dominating it. He was second on his team in points, trailing only uh, Gustafsson, also a defenseman, by one point. Um, yeah, I expect good things from him this season again. Um, 40, maybe 50 points is probably the target. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how close he'll get because sometimes you have injuries or suspensions. Let's hope not. But uh, yeah, pretty um, pretty good start to the season for him. His preseason games were pretty decent. And yeah, um, Ranger fans are going to love him when he comes over next year. Uh, of that, there is no doubt. You know, I just want to touch. I know I've wrote about this on foreverblueshirts.com, but uh, Larry Brooks of the New York Post wrote uh, a Trade D'Angelo article, uh, as per usual. And I think the main premise of why is because he's seeking a multi-year deal, which makes sense. He's a 24-year-old restricted free agent. And if you're going to bridge a, re- a restricted free agent, you try and do it till, till they get to the age of 27. So a two to three-year deal makes sense uh, regardless. But you know his notion was they have to trade him if he wants more than a one-year deal because it would block Nils Lundqvist and possibly Nils Lundqvist wouldn't sign here um, because of that. And he'll wait it out and become an unrestricted free agent. And I basically spoke with with someone in the know that said, just answered, when I asked about it, answered my question was, when was the last time a player player did that? Nonetheless, a first-round draft pick. So they they had no, basically, there's no concern that signing D'Angelo as if he's, as if he would be untradeable, like, how would D'Angelo, how would a 25-year-old defenseman, even if making $5 million a year, be considered untradeable and block Lundqvist from signing his, you know, ELC with the Rangers? I, I just to know, I mean, there's other reasons why more likely than not D'Angelo could get moved uh, simply because of the depth on defense coming versus the lack of depth at center. So if you're going to choose between 
restricted free agent Ryan Strom and maybe restricted free agent Tony D'Angelo, you'll probably lean towards Strom because you don't have a potential answer there. Uh, so it does make sense if you're going to shop any one of the big four free agents, it's going to likely be D'Angelo that will even get you the most for it too because it's hard to find right-handed shot defensemen, especially one so young who could put up points. Again, a lot remains to be seen. I wrote an article today uh, with with your assistance with the CVA. I always appreciate that, by the way, Steve. You digest the CVA and and love that document like like Americans, you know, used to love the my Bible. <laughs> but it's true, you do love it, and it's really helpful to me. But uh, you know, and I was pointed to you know we keep talking about the cap and we keep talking about fourteen million uh, in cap projected cap space. But if you don't look at the cushion, okay that you have to have for all the performance bonuses. And the Rangers have a lot of guys on ELCs with big performance. Kako and Shesterkin, top of the list, almost $6 million between the two of them if they hit every single one of their performance bonuses. So Lafreniere. Well, once, that's the other key. Everyone needs to realize that. And I wrote in the article, when Lafreniere is drafted, he's going to get 9-2. Everyone's going to be like, oh, he's cost control, 9-2-5. Yes, but those bonuses are an unknown. And once you add him to the mix next year, don't forget. You want Keandre Miller on a team? He's got performance bonuses. Oh, you like Morgan Barron, huh? He's got – now, mind you, I don't think Morgan Barron's going to have a big bonus structure, but Keandre probably does. And if so you, if, yeah. Lafreniere is going to get the max. So now you're looking at $10 million in cushion next year. Hmm. That, ben, that can be solved by Lundquist retiring, but we'll see. If fans want to understand how performance bonuses can affect the cap – they should go to capfriendly.com, by the way, one of the best websites for hockey fans. 100%. And then look up uh, Conor McDavid and Artemi Panarin and look at how they counted against the cap on their entry-level contracts. Mm-hmm. Panarin won the Calder. Uh, McDavid was an all-star. Those are the performances that, that hit those, those, uh, those high bonuses mm-hmm. where – you have a million or a million and a half extra in the in the cap hit, and yes, teams can have teams have the option to have that roll over into the next season, but it limits your options the following season. Either way, you're going to have to account for it one way or another. Right. Regarding D'Angelo, yes, I think there are reasons to trade D'Angelo. Lundqvist is not one of them. Um, after t- I, I have thought about this long and hard after reading the Larry Brooks article. As far as I know, the last player who refused to sign with the Rangers and then left was, I think, Marek Zidlicki, who was drafted in 2000. I remember him. I'm, I'm not 100% sure if the Rangers made him an offer. Uh, but... By the way, one of the one of the best Ranger draft picks in the last twenty years, even though he never played a game for us. Still playing eight hundred games as I think a fifth or sixth round pick. That's a that's a brilliant draft pick. Um, but yeah, there are there are reasons to trade D'Angelo. Nils Lundqvist coming over is not one of them. Uh, D'Angelo uh, cannot get a no move clause until he's twenty seven. That's also an important thing to keep in mind. Right. So if if they sign him for two, three, four, five, six years. They still have three years to trade him without any uh, limitations. Exactly. And for people who are going to go, he, he he's not going to be worth it. He's like, what if he regret? You guys also, you all flip, you all love Brady Shea's contract. Then you all, then you, everyone turn their backs on Brady Shea. 
and said, oh, my God, like these, we're going to be burdened with this. Yeah, Brady Shea got you a first-round draft pick at the deadline. So if you, if you can trade Brady Shea, you can trade D'Angelo in a year or two. Absolutely. If that's what they even want to do, who knows? Again, we don't know until we don't know until we know. I mean, that's really what it is. There's so many variables, but truly at this point in time, looking at the current cap situation for the Rangers and the performance bonuses, and obviously we know Lafreniere can make the team and max out all his bonuses. If he's as generational a talent as so many, so many believe, what if he does win the Calder Trophy. That's going to be a big one. What if he does make the all-star team? What if he scores, I don't know, in his bonus? I, I, you probably know the bonus structure, but then I do 20 goals and maybe 50 points. I don't know what triggers all these bonuses. Goalies are obviously different, but he could ma- he could max out and make the three point something instead of the nine to five. And you have Which to- Which is still a bargain. Look, if, if a player on an entry-level contract plays well enough to hit his performance bonuses- that is an amazing thing because it means, you've got, it means you've got something out of a player that you rarely see. And we Ranger fans know that we rarely see those types of performances out of entry-level contracts. Um, but yeah, Nils Lundqvist is coming over. I have no doubt in my mind. I spoke to him several times. Um, I, my, his grandfather and I are Facebook friends. <laughs> pretty interesting but uh no his whole family uh, uh is is counting on him leaving for new york next year he's coming over he's signing his contract and there's no there's no doubt there's no doubt in my mind there's no doubt in his mind he's coming over and we're breaking news folks all the time forever blue shirts ahead of the curve as i as i like to joke <laughs> all right um Let's. We, we, this is this has been a tremendous podcast. So I hope everyone who's listening really enjoys it. But we're going to dive next after this break into another intriguing Rangers prospect who um, has quite a story in the last year or so. Uh, we're going to dive in in a second. So we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, Stephen. Um, Leas Anderson. If I said mm-hmm. it right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so obviously we know the story and I, and a lot of stuff gets taken out of context. Um, you know, a lot of stuff can get lost in translation. You know, when, the, when he, when he left, he demanded to be traded. Okay. People mm-hmm. do that. Prospects do that. Players do that. Makes no difference. The fact that it's, you know, Leas or it's, you know, uh, a veteran of a hockey team that's, you know, in his thirties and wants to get out, whatever it is, he didn't see a future. So he demanded to be traded. I think everything became more sour when he just picked up and left. Right. And he went to Sweden and then he spoke cryptically. That's the thing here. I think that what happened and it, that sent off a firestorm. He spoke cryptically as if he was being bullied in the organization and it was causing him mental anguish. And I don't know if that necessarily is what he meant to convey, except that obviously, and we've had subsequent interviews. You recently did an article for us uh, where it was a Swedish interview. You took the painstaking time to translate it. And he was, he even admitted he's, he sometimes uh, is, doesn't have patience and he sometimes just is his own worst enemy. And he, and he kind of just was, he, he had to leave. He had to do what he had to do for himself to get right. And he felt this was the best way to do it. 
And maybe he didn't hand, I think he would say he didn't handle it correctly, but I did really get out of it that regardless of what we're hearing sometimes in the news, you know, that I don't think he expects to be coming back. And he did turn down an invitation to, to come to camp. And to me, that's a huge telling sign that he wants to move on. And he thinks it's in his best interest to get away from the Rangers organization because he's not stupid either, right? He sees you have Zibanejad, you have uh, Strom, right? You have um, Heedle that they want to try and make a center. You've got Morgan Barron coming into the situation. He knows Carl Henriksen, a player who played against yesterday, is a promising prospect. And he's saying, am I really going to make this team or I'm going to still wallow in the AHL? And that's not what I want. And I'm looking to make it. And I got to tell you, he's, his ass is on fire. He looks fantastic for HV71. So give us your thoughts. What do you think about the way he's playing? You know, is this really the player that we, this is the player I think we thought we drafted. And what do you see his future being? Um, well, to start off, I want to say the player Elias Anderson was when we drafted him. Uh, because I don't think a lot of Ranger fans remember or know how good he was in the two years leading up to his draft. Uh, he was a contributor on the third line for HV71 in Sweden as they won the Swedish championship. He put up points uh, in his draft year in Sweden in the regular season in the playoffs. Um, he set the record for uh, points in a single season in Super Elite, which is the Swedish Junior League. Um, I think the, the, the point record for an under-18 player at the time. So the talent is there. Is he going to dangle through defenses? Is he going to wow you with amazing stick moves like Vitaly Kravtsov? No. But he is the type of player that can, can get things done at every level where he played up until he got to the NHL. Even in the AHL, his first, his first year, he was 19 years old and he put up points. The, the AHL is usually a league where players can only go when they are 20 years old, coming out of Canadian juniors. So for him to play there as a 19-year-old and to put up points, uh, that's just that, that was a good sign. And having read the interview and having read some, some other articles about him over the last six, seven months, um, him moving back to Sweden uh, was probably not the best move, and he admits that. Um, but I, and this has nothing to do with him as, as a player or as a person. When these things happen, I'm very hesitant to blame one side for everything because there's usually miscommunication. There's usually mismanagement from, from, from different parties that are involved. I'm not saying this is all on Leas. I'm not saying this is all on the Rangers. I'm saying that both parties in this situation could have done better and should have done better. Um, does this mean the end for him in a Rangers jersey? Who knows? It might not even be up to the Rangers because we have an expansion draft coming up. Right. If Leas Anderson has a really good season in Sweden, I would not be surprised if Seattle picks him in the expansion draft. Yes. Are He's the Rangers, cracking. <laughs> are the Rangers going to protect him as one of their seven forwards? Maybe not. I mean, not. It's crazy if you think about it. It's a, he's a high first-round draft pick, but – if there's no market for him, like if he, they, still you know, has, he still has the pedigree. I mean, the leadership qualities that he showcased at a younger age 
are probably still there for GMs to to go for. Um, the Rangers are not going. To, I don't think the Rangers are going to trade him um, because he is he is a player that's playing in Sweden, so you would be trading him for his rights. And a GM is not going to acquire a player they have to protect in the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see a lot of trades for for players that are eligible for the expansion draft this this season. Um, Adding so to have, the to the whole massive craziness of what this NHL landscape is going to look like with the flat cap teams talking about internal caps and preparing for an expansion draft. I can't make heads or tails of what's going to happen. I think this is going to be the greatest off season where people are going, what, who got traded? What, who got let go? You are going to see moves that are very interesting, especially at the expansion draft. You're going to see teams giving up prospects and picks to, to keep their players. Like we saw three years ago with the Vegas golden Knights expansion draft where the Anaheim Ducks gave up Shea Theodore so they could keep Josh Manson. <laughs> He's a Norris Trophy candidate. <laughs> um, the, Florida, the Florida Panthers gave away Jonathan Marchessault in exchange for Vegas drafting Riley Smith, <laughs> who has reignited his career in Vegas. Yep. Uh, the Minnesota Wild gave up Alex Tuck so they could keep Matthew Dumba. These are the three examples that I will remember forever because those teams were not prepared for the expansion draft. Um, I'm not, I'm, it's probably not going to be as bad next year with Seattle, but Leas Anderson is a player that could be, uh, that could be picked by, by Seattle in the expansion draft. And, and give it a real shot. Has, if he has a really good season, and I mean, he's playing on the top line for his team. It's one of the better teams in Sweden. He had 12 points in eight preseason games. I mean, he, again, this is a player who has done everything you as a Ranger fan can expect to do. He has lived up to the expectation. If he would have stayed in Sweden for three more years and these would be his numbers, Ranger fans would go nuts. Yeah. Ranger fans would, would be buying Leas Anderson HV71 jerseys. Unfortunately, that's not the situation we're in. But we also have to remember that this kid's only 21. He's the same age as Morgan Barron. Do you know where Matt Zuccarello was when he was 21? You got me. You're going to have to tell me. He just finished his last season in the Norwegian League before moving to Sweden. Chris Kreider at age 21 was struggling in the AHL. Kevin Hayes was still in college. So we have to look at those factors as well. And this was a kid that moved to North America at age 19. And I moved to South Africa when I was 22. I know the struggles that come with a move to another continent, uh, the pressure that's on you to perform. He as a hockey player, me working in IT, because you still have people to support. And, you know, um, and not everyone deals with it the same way. People talk about Philip Hedl. Yeah, but Hedl did this. And yeah, yeah, but just like development is not a linear thing, neither is adjusting to life in a different country. And some players just struggle with it more than others. And it doesn't mean that he will struggle when he comes over at age 22 or 23. When he's older, when he has the maturity and the experience of having done it before, he might be more comfortable adjusting to life in North America. Um, The Vegas Golden Knights signed uh, Shipashev a few years ago, and he left within a month. Because for him, the biggest problem was that one night his daughter was sick. 
and they were trying to find a doctor, but they didn't speak English and nobody sp spoke Russian in Vegas until they met, until they ran into a police officer who does speak Russian. So they were lucky that they could get their, his, his daughter to the hospital in time. That's one of the, one of the things that people don't realize you yeah. have to get used to. Even especially, if you speak especially American people, because the, let's face it, if you go to many countries, they, a lot of people speak English. Yeah, and, and Leah speaks English. I speak English. I also speak German because I live in Austria now. But mm -hmm. I, if it's your second or third language, when you're in a position where you are stressed out, where you are uncomfortable, it can become a real ta task to, to have a conversation in a language other than your own, even when that language is English. Right. And I think that's one of the things that's always underrated. He's now in Sweden. He's performing. Let's hope he has a great season, and let's see what happens. Totally agree. So let's talk about one more Swedish prospect. Uh, let's talk about Carl Henriksson. And he was drafted in the 2019 draft. Yep. And he, I think, from what I gather, the Rangers are pretty high on him. And he is making some noise. I think he played on, uh, was, was he on the top line for, for Lunda? Or, or, or like, what was he doing? Um, he was he was on a line with Joel Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist's uh, twin brother. Mm -hmm. um, it's difficult to say if it was the top line or not because for Lunda, uh, uh, when they when they post the graph with their lines, the line at the top is not necessarily the line that plays the most minutes. Uh, but he played on one of their better lines. Um, and last uh, last night after the game, uh, they they won three nothing. Uh, he didn't end up with a goal or an, or an assist, but their coach uh, was praising him. Their coach literally said that everyone's talking about, about Lucas Raymond, who was projected to be a top five pick in this upcoming draft. Mm -hmm. But he was more impressed, uh, or not, not necessarily more impressed. He said not, not enough people are talking about Henriksen on how he played. And yeah, he was drafted in the second round with a pick we got in the McDonough trade. So. Mm -hmm. The two best players we get out of that trade might be Niels Lundqvist and Carl Henriksen, if you think about it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, it's pretty, but it's, it's pretty nice, yeah. Uh, but he had a he had a good game, and and he has been he, he's been working on his game. And what's his game? He, not, not a people will know. Not a lot of people know. I I, I he's a two way player. Really, he plays both sides of the puck. I heard. Go ahead. He, he's a great playmaker. Uh, he um, his passing game reminds me of Derek Brassard. You know how Derek Brassard sometimes had these these magical passes that nobody saw coming. Mm -hmm. That's what Carl Henriksen does. He, he sees the game uh, um, in a way that he, he, can, he can pass to a player that nobody else sees. Uh, he sets up his teammates with the under-20 national team. He plays with Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz. Now, those two are his best mates, and they're going to be top 10 picks in this upcoming draft. And they are praising him for his talent. They're praising him for his vision. If you get praise from, from those elite talents, then you are a pretty good player, even at that young age. And um, I interviewed him last September, oh, last February, of course. Uh, talked about his short loan to uh, Söder Talia in the second tier of Swedish, uh, Swedish hockey. And the numbers didn't look right. He, he, he didn't really put up points. But when I spoke to him, he said that it was probably the most important month in his hockey career because it got him used to uh, to life as a pro hockey player. 
you know, you get used to being around a pro organization. Uh, you get interviewed after the game. Just everything is is a little bit faster, a little bit better. And that month where he didn't, on paper, put up a lot of points uh, was really instrumental to his uh, to his rise later in the season. They won the Champions Hockey League, and now he's full time part of the of the SHL team. So I expect him to have a good season. Um, and yeah, those are probably the, the the top three Swedish prospects in the SHL. There are two more that I quickly want to touch on, if you don't mind. Go for it. Um, there's a, a defenseman that we drafted in 2017, uh, Kalle Hjallin, who plays for Lexans. He put up an assist in his first game. Uh, they lost 5-4 in overtime, but he's back in the lineup after being loaned out to a lower league team last season. And then Adam Edstrom, who unfortunately left the game after 11 minutes um, because he uh, got a game misconduct for a high hit on an opponent. Choo-choo! It's a train! (laughs) As it was a freight train coming through, um, unfortunately today the league has announced a five-game suspension for him. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure if they can send him to juniors to play there or if the league is for like all hockey games. So we'll, we'll find out about that in the next, next couple of days. But um, not the start of the season I expected from him. Uh, he struggled with a little bit of uh, – he had some problems in, the, in preseason. And he was happy to be back. Uh, I spoke to him a couple of days ago. He was excited to be in the lineup. Um, uh, so, yeah, we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks before we see him again in the SHL. But overall, for the first game of the season, it was uh, it was pretty good uh, showing for the Ranger prospe- uh, prospects. Awesome. We're going to take one more quick break, and we're going to do our last segment where we talk about Steven's quarantine series. All right, and we're back. All right, Steve. On foreverblueshirts.com, you have given our readers some insights with some great interviews of not just European prospects, but you also spoke with Stephen Fogarty of the Wolfpack. You spoke with uh, Ty Ronning. You spoke with Brandon Crawley. Uh, Brandon Crawley had some interesting uh, feedback and things to say about Chris Kreider and his leadership. I mean, these are insights that you're not going to get anywhere else, folks. That's why I'm very proud of foreverblueshirts.com and for also the contributions of good people like Stephen who... uh, who do it for love and passion, uh, which is my primary goal with it, obviously. Um, but just to kind of touch on it a little bit, you spoke, you spoke with Eric Ciccolini recently. Uh, I mean, it's been great. I mean, great interviews. We broke a little news too, I think. Uh, and by the way, this is going to be another one of those names. I'm going to brutalize Laurie Pajunyemi. Is it now? Hold on. I got to get this right. Is it Laurie Pajunyemi? Laurie Pajunyemi. Yeah. All right, so I'm not not that bad on that one. No, no, it's good enough. It's for an American, good enough. Stephen literally said, I mean, we don't get enough credit as an independent for a lot of the news that we've broken. Um, You know, and I get it. People are leery, and that's fine. That's all good. But Stephen got out of of Lori that the Rangers wanted him to stay another year in Finland. So we had that before everybody else. And it's awesome that we could bring that kind of news and information to you. Uh, anyway, what I want you to do, Steve, is give some, give some fans some cool insights. I mean, you do it by Zoom, so you're talking to these guys and you're going back and forth. Give me, give me like two or three of like your best moments in these interviews and, you know, and what you got out of it. And let the fans know. 
Um, well, first of all, uh, I've done some interviews before. Uh, I've done two Niels Lundqvist interviews, of course, as you know, the Carl Hendrickson interview last February that I touched upon. Um, I, I reached out to last year, November. Um, and then when the league stopped, um, there was just no hockey. And I was like, you know, I'm curious, how are these prospects dealing with this? Different countries, different regulations. Sweden doesn't have any quarantine at all. Other countries have a full lockdown. So I just decided to reach out to some of them. And um, some prospects I actually met in person. So I got their uh, their, their their details, like email address, uh, Zach Jones, uh, Levi Altonen, who we both drafted last year when I was in Vancouver at the draft. And yeah, just, you know, you, you take it up from there. Um, Brandon Crawley I reached out to because we have a mutual friend, so that was easy. And through Brandon Crawley, I got in touch with a bunch of other Wolfpack players. Um, and yeah, I just started out asking questions. And there, there are some standard questions that probably the readers know. Like, I always want to know why a player wears a certain number. Who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, and what was your draft experience like? Um, great questions, by the way, and fun to read. Yeah, um, because those are usually not the questions, especially the number question is something that doesn't really come up in interviews on other websites. You know, people just don't really care about that. But I care because I'm a numbers guy. You know, I love that that Yaromir Jager wore number 68 because the Prague Spring was in 1968. I love that Peter Nedved wears number 93 because 1993 was the year he gained Canadian citizenship. And I love those type of stories. So that's why I just reach out and ask them and... Darren Radish, for instance, uh, had, a, had an interesting story about his number. He wanted the number his dad was wearing, but it wasn't available. So he went with number 24 instead because 23 was already taken. Um, yeah, I was talking to these guys and asking them how, how life is like during, during the, um, the, the pandemic. I got some really interesting, interesting, uh, answers from them, uh, Justin, the undrafted free agents, Justin Richards and Patrick Kodorenko were probably my favorite interviews um, because especially Kodorenko is a guy that I've been following for a while. Um, I was watching some uh, like the U.S. national team development program years ago. I was watching that and he was on that team with guys like Clayton Keller, Austin Matthews. Um, and in 2017, when he was draft eligible, uh, I, I expected him to get drafted in the first, second, or maybe third round, but he went undrafted because he had a brutal leg injury in his draft year. And then he just went to college. And we, I didn't hear from him for years until I saw a tweet that New York Rangers have signed Patrick Kodorenko. And I was like, oh my God, they actually did. Awesome. Um, yeah, and reaching out to those two and asking them about their experience of being approached by the Rangers as a free agent it just gives you a really good insight into what, what life is like when you, you know, when you finish your college career and Kodorenko got offers from 30 out of 31 teams. Um, Richards got offers from, I think, 20 teams. And uh, they just picked the Rangers because of, you know, the prestige living in New York. It's an original six team. They're young and up and coming. They have a college coach. These are these are things that really play into the decision for these young college kids like Kodorenko and, and Justin Richards. Um, and talking to someone like Ty Ronning, whose dad played in the NHL, mm -hmm. uh, who Andy actually Corkinox. lost. 
he lost the 94 Stanley Cup final against the Rangers. So, um, uh, yeah, so hearing about his life and how he met Wayne Gretzky when he was six years old. And it's just it's just fun. You know, it's fun to talk about this stuff. And especially the, the kids that grew up in an NHL environment, uh, like Justin Richards' dad, Todd Richards, is the assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he 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 knows Anthony Sorelli, he knows Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman. Um, he he met guys like Joe Thornton, Brent Burns, Joe Pavelski, Patrick Marlowe when his dad was with the Sharks. It's just it's just a lot of fun to ask these questions and then afterwards put it all together and make some quotes out of it. And yeah, I, in total, I've done 15 of those interviews. The last one with Zach Jones is coming up soon. Um, and it was fun to write something that for Ranger fans to read while there was no hockey. I think it was the perfect filler for the uh, extremely long offseason. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask one more question before we go. Um, for Forever Blue Shirts, how has that experience been for you? Writing at foreverblueshirts.com. <laughs> how have you, um, have you enjoyed it? Is it? Has it helped you increase your platform at all? I know that I will gladly say to anyone listening that Steven's contributions and, and obviously connection with some of these uh, prospects and his interview series, which by the way, if you want to read any one of his interview series, all you have to do is go to foreverblueshirts.com, hit the little magnifying glass to open up that search button, type in any one of the prospects names that were just mentioned and you'll be able to find it. And if you pull, then pull on his, um, pull up his, in, his name and click on the author all his all his posts will will show up too. So please, anyone interested, <clears throat> if you've missed any one of those amazing interviews, do that. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Have you enjoyed it? Has it helped? I know it's helped me uh, and helped the site grow. So I just want to thank you personally, and I want people to hear that. Well, I'm really happy that my contributions are appreciated. So that um, that's it's, it's always nice to hear. Um, Honestly, until you guys reached out to me a year and a half ago, I never even heard of you guys because I don't read. No, no, no. Let, let me. It's let me fair. It's fair. Let me finish my sentence because I don't read blogs. I, I, I thought blue. I thought blue shirts breakaway and uh, and bantering uh, blue shirts banter. I thought those were the same thing because. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't really read blogs. I, I, I get my news from uh, like European prospects. I get it from like the European sites. If there's something Ranger related, it usually pops up on Twitter because someone else retweets it. Um, but yeah, you, you guys reached out, and for me, it was it was a good opportunity to get a platform to share my my stories, to share my experiences. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty fun. Um, two years ago, I was at 150 followers, and now. Two weeks ago, I hit five thousand. So awesome! Let's get you to ten. Uh, yeah, <laughs> plug it, plug it. Tell everyone your Twitter handle right now. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Statboy underscore Stephen. Um, yeah, it's just I I, t- I tweet stats. It's just what it is. Uh, with Craftsoft, I started doing the contribution percentage again, uh, which is a a stat where I compare Craftsoft to. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Vladimir Tarasenko, Artemi Panarin, Pavel Buchnevich, Nikita Gusev, and Kirill Kaprizov, mm-hmm. all in their uh, D plus three season, so their third season after the draft. Um, and then I look at the number of goals their team has scored and how many points they have, and that contributes to the um, uh, the, the goal share of their order contribution percentage. 
and he is up there with Kuznetsov and Tarasenko, which is a really good sign for the Rangers. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I just, I just have stuff pop in my head when it comes to stats, and then I research it. And if it looks good enough, I tweet about it. And I always try to find something that that is a little bit different from what you usually find, you know, mm-hmm. like with comparisons and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And um, talking to prospects like Eric Ciccolini and Brendan Crawley, uh, it just makes me want to attend a Hartford Wolfpack game just to see these, these guys play in person now, you know? That's awesome. Maybe makes- we could do it together. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And uh, the one thing about Crawley that you touched on that I quickly want to uh, want to highlight is um, I asked him about his experience in preseason because he scored a preseason goal against the New Jersey Devils. He grew up in New Jersey, so that was special for him. And then I asked him, "Who on the Rangers do you uh, had had the biggest contribution to your career? Like after you signed with the Rangers?" And he said, "Oh, that's easy, Chris Kreider." And I asked him to, to elaborate a little bit on that. And he said, Chris Kreider is always the first one on the ice. He's always the last one to leave. Uh, he talks to prospects the most out of every Ranger player in, in camp. He spends the most time talking to prospects, you know, teaching them like little things. Um, they, they compared him to Yaromir Jager in terms of his determination when it comes to practice and, and, and just looking after prospects, which is why I think Chris Kreider will be the new Rangers captain. But, you know, I know a lot of fans want Mika Zibanejad to be the new captain, but I think it's going to be Chris Kreider. And that's a very distinct possibility. Uh, Kreider obviously has is, has veteran presence and leadership skills. So, uh, and He's once to a cup final, yeah, and once and once Lundqvist and Stahl are gone, he will be the senior Ranger. Period. That's just the way it is. Yeah. All right. Well, Stephen, thank you. 